Hello and welcome to another episode of Cantita MX Football Podcast. We are back this time on Twitter Spaces Live. You can hop on Twitter, go to the Cantina MX Podcast Twitter account and actually listen in on the conversation. And if you want to, you can request to be a guest speaker. Uh, tonight we have a lot of drama, a catastrophic match week 14. But before we go any further, we're going to introduce the cast tonight. <clears throat> Coming in from SoCal, we have Joel. Joel, how are we doing tonight? Hey, what's up, James? I'm doing good. We also have uh, Chiquis, a.k.a. Beto, joining us tonight. How are we doing? Yeah, well, <laughs> doing good. Awesome. All right, that's enough. That's enough. Wow. What a match week 14 that is actually still going on as we speak. A red card was just given to Figueroa, and Pachuca will be playing with 10 men for the last five minutes. They're losing 2-1 to Puebla at home, and this would be pretty much a kiss goodbye to Ligia for them if this result stands. So, how are we doing? So, there is hope for the Chivas Hermanos then. Well, um, not likely because Pachuca are above uh, Chivas <laughs> in the in the table, <laughs> so maybe not. If if Pachuca are, are pretty much out, uh, Chivas, the only thing they have going for them right now is a game at hand. They still have a makeup game against Monterrey. Should they win that, they might have a chance, a a, a fighting chance to get into the twelfth spot, but. Uh, the way things have been going for Guadalajara, uh, it seems very unlikely. So um, I'm going to get right into it. We had a lot of uh, controversial uh, incidents happen over the weekend. We had uh, a big match between Tigres and America. And in that match, uh, this happened. Richard con la pelota, levantando la vista, va a encontrar adelante a Roger Martínez, marcación de Carlos Salcedo, Roger, acaba negociando, Salcedo tiene tarjeta amarilla, el árbitro está marcando la infracción, y, y se, ojo, va, a ir, se, se va, va a ir, Vladimir García Tigre se queda con 10. So, Carlos Salcedo had a already yellow, and uh, he went in for a slide tackle, got a second yellow, he left the field storming, upset, and after the game... After the game, Beto, what did he say? What did he tweet out? Oh, my gosh. I'm so offended. <laughs> he said, yeah. Juego de Barbies. En el fútbol existe contacto. Yeah. I, I had heard that before, though. Except it was muñecas instead of Barbie. So it's not new. Um. You could go into the whole misogynist argument, but the gist of it was, you know, contact sport as opposed to just pretend to have a tea time or whatever, a plain house. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's an old saying and it's for the most part meant as, you know, rough, it's rough play, you know. Wait, hold on. You, you said tea time, right? 
like like playing tea. Well, because that's that's what will be with the you know you have your dolls and and then you have like a tea party. At, at least that's how I play them, cheekies. I don't know how you, I don't know how you play with your dolls. Well, yeah, like I play with stuffed animals, maybe. Stuffed animals are nice and fluffy and soft, and you know you don't really get hurt. You don't get hurt yeah. when you're playing with stuffed animals. But uh, we gotta to get some more context on what because Joel, like I'm, I'm probably more pocho than you guys. Joel came up and said he's heard that before, and that's a that's a pretty from, good comment because yeah, Carlos from, used to. From, what yeah, Yusti's heard this before as well. He said in a tweet. He grew up playing football in Mexico. That this is a a phrase that's used to say that you're a you're a niña or you're gay, associated with fragility. That um, you know it's indefensible. So the whole thing is mm. what he said is referring to women, um, or referring to feminine, or referring to playing like a girl, or things like that but when i initially heard it and this is goes back to like playing with stuffed animals or whatever what's mm -hmm. up um is that you're not having content you're not hurting yourself you're not gonna exactly. you know, get a bruise or anything it has nothing to do with sex it has nothing to do with women or anything uh, of course you know maybe i mean boys can boys play with barbies or or no but um, of course barbies is probably mostly played by little girls and so you can grab that context and like you know victimize yourself that way, but the I think the point is that he means there's you know there's no contact when you're playing dolls. There's no contact when you're playing with stuffed animals. You're not going to get hurt. But in soccer, which I believe he, he deserved that red card, there is contact, and it's a sport of contact. The only problem, which is sort of another problem, which he uh, somebody found, you got to look at people's likes. So they looked at his likes, right? And he liked the comment that said, uh, fue lo mismo que dije yo, Titan. Esto es de hombres. So that's going into something else a little bit. Uh. Whenever you say esto es de hombres and Salcedo liked it, that's bringing in sex into the picture. But you could also yeah. say that whenever you're doing stuff that's dumb, like you, you talk about little boys and little girls, who's, li who's more likely to like bang their head against the wall or fall, fall down there and bust their face on the, on the ground or something? Like boys, because they're all like, you know, rough and doing ridiculous, dumb things. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna add. There's there's more than one take, you know. So it's hard to say this is what he meant. You know, it's always gonna have people are always gonna have their own take on things, and and then the way they use words. Yeah. Can I just add something? Um, for, for me, I looked at the game highlights. I, I Unfortunately, I didn't catch the whole match. Maybe our, our listener, Lil Hattrick, might might have some insight on the actual uh, game. But those tackles, those were actually well-deserved of uh, red cards. Uh, you know, Salcedo with the second. You already got a yellow card, man. So you're already walking on eggshells. Maybe that slide tackle could have been let go. But, dude, you already have – you already been warned. You already got the warning. And then the the foul by Carioca. I mean, that was a straight red. There's no debating that. So I understand that this is a physical contact sport. And he's just upset that he got expelled from the game. And I just feel like it just, it totally went like the one he tweeted that 
I think just people just took it the wrong way, man. It had nothing to do with like, oh, like, what are you calling? Like, are you calling like Liga Femini like soft and uh, women are only allowed to play with Barbies and not play soccer? You know what I mean? And then America ended up tweeting something about like, hey, man, like we don't see gender on the field. <laughs> it's just like, yo, this has nothing to do with, I think, his original comment. It's just people interpret it wrong. They play the victim and then they turn it into something else like usual because it's the Internet. Has he even said anything in regards to Salcedo? Has he... All he did was post another video of a, an, a, a similar incident when he was in Germany playing for Frankfurt, and it was a play where uh, he didn't get in trouble with the foul or anything. He they, The play just went on. So and the, the Barbie did come from Germany. That's, well, what, 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 what? Huh? Well, one other thing, like Mark Krosas... Um, he came to the defense of, of uh, Alfredo. He said uh, it may not have been the right comment to say, but what does this comment have in, have to do with football feminine? It's, or what it's does Barbie whole, have to do with football feminine? What's what's I forgot her name already. What's 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 that oh, Faria, one? Uh, Janelli Farias. Fari, no, no, also. the the other one. She's 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 taking the she's picking up the flag to be the the Mexican uh, Riponi. Uh, Rapioni, you know, with this whole, we're being insulted here. That's Paria. Yeah, she's like the main one. She's she's going. Well, yeah, I saw Paria. another of her tweets where she's like, "Don't don't give gender like don't like about toys. <laughs> don't make toys about gender or something like that." But yeah. that's you know all of that stuff comes from here from the U.S. All of the all of those talking points, all of that, you know, and it's. That agenda, you mean? It, it it causes problems because it's a Mexican. It's a whole different culture, and that's that's why it's the whole corner kick thing is such you know, because we're viewing it from the lens from right here, you know, and it's uh, it's a mess, man. But but it it shows how how influential you know the U.S. is. This is what he. This is what Jan- Janelli Faria says. She says it's so easy to utilize femininity to make fun of someone or insult someone between between men and it's got to stop it's part of the problem we have to it's part of the problem that we have in our society juego de barbies or juego de mujeres in this con- in this context is the same it's the same comment that we got to get rid of um so yeah she she takes it to that to the you know the the girl and boy or the girl context where and and we see this like um, a lot, even in the U.S. Like, have you ever called somebody a Nancy? <laughs> like, a, a negative Nancy. <laughs> hey, you oh, call I me call Nancy, it. and we're Look fighting, bro. Out. We're fighting. <laughs> yeah, like, but that's, that's like saying that you're like you're like weak or whatever. Now, we uh, we and and this is sort of good because it's sort of cool to see this whole. I think it's a hashtag Juego de Barbies, and they're tweeting all kinds of like legit. Feminine plays, and you know how they. Oh my gosh, what happened? Yeah, someone just score. Oh, <laughs> why? What Puebla, happened? Puebla just, Puebla just scored. Okay, anyway, <laughs> three one Puebla over Pachuca. Oh man, you're ahead of my stream. Wow, there's no goalie. There's no goalie. Streams. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, like Beto had mentioned, it was a corner kick. Uh, Pachuca put all their players in because it was the last play of the game, including the goalkeeper. 
uh, got cleared out, and then Puebla scored from their own half. Incredible. 3-1 Puebla over Pachuca, 96th minute. Yeah, my goalie. But anyway, like I was saying, it's good to sort of see all these, uh, I mean, in a certain aspect, it's good to see this reaction of Fuego de Barbie's hashtag and, uh, you know, like the night clips of, there was like, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, this one clip, I think it was in WFL or somewhere in Europe, maybe, where uh, she did like a bicycle kick and that was pretty legit, man. Um, so there's some good stuff to see from there, but I think uh, um, in a certain extent, to a certain extent, yeah, you know, we got to get rid of certain things, but uh, I think it's, ta- it's taken it a little bit overboard with all this um, effective stuff. Yeah. Uh, welcome for those that are on the Twitter spaces with us, uh, joining live. If you have some comments, you got something on your chest to say about what happened, uh, the incidents that happened this weekend, uh, you can actually request to uh, to speak, and and I'll and you guys feel, can say your piece, but um. Yeah, I just feel like it was a little bit blown out of proportion. Uh, the reality is, uh, you know, Tigres are also having a very poor p- campaign. Uh, they're right there with us and, and Pachuca as far as the, the bottom half of the table. They're in 13th position. So, you know, they still have uh, a chance at Liguilla, but it, it has not been the right campaign for them. It seems like their peak this year was uh, playing against Lewandowski in the Club World Cup. <laughs> I feel like their their, intri- their interests have been divided Uh at least kind of going over some of the results. Let's just go in chronological order. Nekaxa, despite their aggressiveness, were able, uh, were not able to win. In fact, Pumas with Juan Pablo Vignon scored in the 81st minutes. This is your team cheekies, man. What happened? That's that's like a tough away game. And, uh, the Fracaxa, of course fails, <laughs> but they're, they're doing good. I mean, they had some, they had some good opportunities. Uh, uh, there were some good blocks by the goalkeeper for Puma. And, uh, and they finally, they just got the, uh, they got the nice, that was a nice play. Actually. They just got the nice transition. And on one of actually before, like in the first half, there was uh, some nice opportunities that looked like Nataxa was really pushing forward. Um, they just couldn't get the goal, but they pushed forward on one opportunity, and Pumas uh, almost had a chance, like on a break, um, but wasn't able to. I think Dineno like sort of failed on the on the offensive side where he had an opportunity to score. But uh, but yeah, that play was a nice like, little wall pass there, and they were like all in motion, running you know running into the space and and got the. Oh, it was a beautiful setup, it. man. Yeah, a little yeah. little heel pass, I think. And uh, just a nice finish outside the 18-yard box. Pumas win. Uh, puts them right there, right at the, you know, it's like graduating with the D+. Plus. Uh, Pumas in the 12th position. As of right now, they would be making the repechaje for Liguilla. So a big, big victory for them. And while we're on the topic of Negaxa, what is going on today? There was rumors about an uh, investment from uh, El Norte, including Eva Longoria and Mezut Ozil. There's there's some rumors about them acquiring uh, 50% of the club. What is going on with that? First, it's Red Bull, and now it's a, it's a bunch of celebrities. 
Tina Hero family, dude. That's my family. What? I know Tina Hero, Tina Hero family owns uh, Necaxa. Um, I like the comments from, uh, I mean, the logic behind choosing Necaxa. Explain that to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are they, like, they're like one of the smallest clubs, man. I mean, as far as like, you know. You could just buy the franchise and move it. Like, you don't have to stay. Necaxa was in the FA. Yeah. They moved to Aguascalientes. Uh, there was talk of moving back to the FA. Well, but there's no reason why they can't move them to some touristy hotspot, you know, put them in Cancun or whatnot. Uh, I, I hate so, to say. Somewhere where they have their vacation homes. I, uh. I hate to stop you there, uh, Joel, and that's a very bold assumption to make, but <laughs> Necaxa tweeted out like 40 minutes ago that, uh, yes, the rumors are true. Uh, it's not We're not selling the club. It's an investment group and that they're not going to be rebranding. They're not going to be uh, relocating, and they're not going to be changing the name of the club. So, you know. Well, yeah, probably not relocating right now. <laughs> Damn, yo, that, that's that's exactly what I was about to say. Go on. <laughs> that's Lil Hattrick. What's going on, man? Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, what were you about to say? Just, just that they they were allegedly not supposed to move. But my, I like, I have a question. What do you guys think this means? Because I think we all kind of, um, I would say we all kind of felt like when when Atleti got involved with San Luis, I, I felt like we all thought that they would be making some bigger moves. And I, I feel like it's it's just been a disappointment. So do you guys think that this is going to be something like this? Or do you guys think that, like, it'll actually, you know, like, make the league better, make the team better? What do you guys think? It's a good I question. I think it depends how much, how much they invest, how much they're willing to invest. So it just comes down to how much money. Uh, it doesn't seem like Athletic's putting, you know, they're using their spare change. Yeah, I mean, if they're pulling like what five to six people together, I mean, it, it, especially like the the franchise is not worth that much. They said nine figures, you know, so it's anywhere from like a hundred million, uh, but it's it's not going to be anywhere close to like a franchise that would be in the United States, like you know, NFL team or NBA team. Um, I do think it's interesting though because. Why Nagaxa? You know what I mean? Like that's such a random club to do it at. It's not like they have like well, they're they're a storied club. I mean, you yeah, know, like more more story than the Juarez and the Mazatlan. Yeah, I mean, you not know, trying to they're, disrespect they're... them. Like I understand, <laughs> you know, like I understand that <laughs> they what the, they had history. What does Eva Ligori know about Nagaxa? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is, <laughs> is this... also gonna start? Is he is he gonna? Do you guys think he's gonna end up playing there? Who Ozil? Uh, Oh, yeah. No way, dude. <laughs> if he wants to, if he wants to, as like owner, I was more make himself the highest paid I, player in the league. I. The thing is, his eyes will be offside every time. <laughs> if, if she was, if she was registered, like a, what was it, a sixty-five-year-old dude? You know, you guys remember the the when they registered the old dude. And, and I'm ashamed of myself as a Chihuahua. I can't remember his name. I'm he not put sure. the viejito and he played like half a minute. You guys don't remember that? Wait, you talking about Chivas? Yeah, man. Oh, you're talking oh, about Chava Reyes. Reyes. There you go. There his you homage go. game. It's, it's, no, I'm almost, oh, man, I'm almost there. That? Hey, 
Hey, America of America did that field. Not every day you see you see someone that old. Um, Carl Denmark was out there with his big old belly. Man, he that? still had some gas in the tank, man. But I think I think Borelia just let him like walk there. They just they just opened it up. You know you know what this is? This is just like those NFTs, those non fungible tokens. Everyone's just gonna buy Liga MX teams to launder their money. I think that's just what it is, man. Like I, I it's a very questionable uh, move. Um, maybe you know they have some insight. You know, I know this rumor about having a joint league. With uh, yes. MLS and, and, and Liga Mekis, you know, they were talking about trying to do that. You know, there's no more relegation in Mexico, so your investment is safe. You know, it's not like you're going to, uh, I mean, uh, Necaxa are in dead last, you know, so it's not like they're putting, you know, millions of dollars into this club only to see them go to the second division. That That's not going to be a thing anymore. So I can understand that maybe they have some insight. Maybe they're trying to do this this joint league together and, and they're just an early investor. Or maybe they're just money laundering. Who knows? I'd be okay <laughs> with that if they make the league better. Yeah. I don't know. As long, as long as they don't touch, you know, like the Chivas and the America, like the the most important clubs. As long as they don't touch them and, and you know, they might get a little Necaxa, Juarez here and there. Like, hey, that's that's all good with me. Can you imagine a Necaxa turning into like the Man City of Mexico? Like they just start buying ridiculous players. <laughs> You're like, how the hell did we get Cristiano Ronaldo to join? <laughs> and how was yeah, Calientes? That's, that's how they're gonna hurt America, man. They're gonna or and any other club, they're gonna take away the big start. Like the, the next Gignac is gonna be uh, going to Necaxa with all the funds that all of a sudden they're gonna have. Nah, but but I don't think that group of investors has more money than than the FEMSA and the CEMEX. You know, that those investors could be like they could turn Necaxa into the fire festival. <laughs> <laughs> just scheming, just scheming all their money. Yeah, yeah Kate Upton, uh, you see now her, uh, you know, swimsuit buddies to promote. I think that. I think that Atleti <laughs> is definitely doing a little money laundering because they sold um, Ibanez, right? San Luis. They bought Ibanez from San Luis and they just kept them there. Mm. They're like, let, let let me move some money over there. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. I mean, it, it, and I, I guess if maybe it sounds bad laundering, but there's probably like legal, like loopholes and then you could do it yeah. more legal way because that's, that's the big reason um, you saw this, like, you know, Liga MX change. Um, what's one of the big reasons they changed the rules of, of foreigners and, and it went from, there was about 80-something foreigners in 2016 to about 180 by uh, 2019. And so, and a lot of them, you're, we're not even going to, you know, like, who's that dude? We never even saw them play. Uh, you know, like, what was that guy that went to Tigres? Uke, Uche, whatever. Uche. I, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't think. Did he even step on the field? Um, yeah, he did. I think, of like, a couple think, games. He was just injured. Yeah. He's, See, they bought, they bought, uh, yeah, injured. But, but I mean, there's, there's so many players. Like out of the 180, like, like, I, I guarantee you, there's all these players that, that, you know, the average fans, like, who, we won't even, we, you know, won't even know they were there. They were at the league. Very. Pel- Pelias is definitely into that. 
He's definitely getting some money under the table to bring in uh, Madueña and shit to every club he goes to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hasn't played a a single minute. Um, I don't I, like. I don't think he's had any like official minutes. I think he played in the Copa por Mexico and and that's it, man. Like we. That's haven't... not even a depth piece. That's just like, like yo, come on, man. Let, let me let me get some of your of your fucking money. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, we'll have to you know continue following this story with with the Nekaxa thing. I think it's a pretty pretty interesting thing. You know, they're saying that you know Mexico and Canada and and USA are going to have this joint World Cup in twenty twenty six. So they're you know they're having cooperation. They're getting their relations better. And I I know that they're really really trying to push for this joint league. But how can you do a joint league? When MLS teams don't even fly privately, uh, think about that travel schedule. It's such a nightmare. Like even just within the states, imagine now having to go all the way to Mexico. It's just I don't see it I happening. Know, Maybe logistically, can hook him up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, you now you mentioned the World Cup. If if you're buying into a team in Mex, Mex is having like X amount of games. You could get one game at your stadium. I wonder if there's some something, you know, where they might they have something to gain through that, you know. We'll see, man. We will see. Uh have a trivia question for you guys as we segue into uh the Chivas Cruz Azul game. Uh Busetich came out l- playing to not lose. Uh line of 5 questionable lineup uh, had Macias sitting on the bench. Uh, in the end, it, it was not able to stop La Máquina Azul. They won 1-0, making history uh, as they have won their, uh, is it their 12th consecutive? Wait, they made history or they tied León? Well, I was going to ask you guys, what two other teams, what two other teams <laughs> oh, have done snap. 12 <laughs> consecutive wins in a row in Liga Mekis? You already got one. You said León. Who's the other one? You got to be like Toluca. I'm gonna guess America. <laughs> oh. Survey says Negaxa, nineteen thirty-four. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. It's like all coming full circle, you know, you have Negaxa being bought out. Uh, the, you know, and then Cruz Azul achieving the the title, oh, probably twelve in a row. Do you think, you know, uh, they'll stand alone? They they play America next. What a game that's going to be! Do you think they'll do it, or do you think America is going to stop them? That's a really good. That that to me, it's the preview of the final. I, I think it, it should be a really good league final. I don't know, man. America's been, you know. Uh, Cruz Azul's Coco, but I could go either way, I think. You wouldn't want anybody else, right? You know, if you're going to go for this history, you know, being the only club to win 13 yeah, in a row. They should have given us to Chivas then just for that. <laughs> <laughs> just to deprive America from I mean, everybody, the everybody thought would be the, the ones to, you know, because we, we broke uh, Leon's streak. So, you know, they thought that, you know, and we also beat Sao, uh, we beat, uh, Sao Paulo's streak as well, you know. So everybody thought that Chivas were going to be able to do it, but 
This is not the same Chivas from from. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. I didn't think that. Now, when you line up with five in the back, man, what a what a shit show I'm, uh, Chivas is going through. And I know we uh, we actually vented out on the uh, Chivas del Norte um, spaces or after the game, and you know the consensus is like Vucetich needs to go, man. Like he's. He's lost the rock locker room at this point. I don't know yeah, what he's but, doing. But, but we were talking Cruz Azul. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, he just always he needs gets therapy, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he needs Jaime needs this. It's, it's therapeutic for him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I think it's gonna be a good game. Honestly, like I, I can't definitively say that America's gonna win. Um, it, it's I, hopefully it's just gonna be a good game. I just I just hope that. Regardless of the score, that this is this is just um, like you said, Joel. Like this is probably like the final, right? That's what we kind of all think that's going to happen. It's going to be the final, or you know, they might mean the semifinals or whatever. Um, I'm just hoping that it serves as as uh, like a precursor, and it, um, Solari like takes this and he's like, like makes a game plan, uh, and sees like, oh, like you know, this is our weakness against them. So let me fix it or whatever the fuck. Like, I don't, I don't want to lose. Right. But you know, maybe a tie won't be bad because yo, 12, 12 wins. Like I'm kind of scared. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared. (laughs) Yeah. So Larry's been, man, I I think it's close between him and him and, uh, God damn, man. Me and, me and my name. Reynoso. Yes, yes, there you go. Him and Juan Reynoso about for coach. But I've been seeing some stuff about like with Solari and some of the changes he made at America. Stuff that like uh, he makes the, you know, team has to have breakfast at the club and training before a match day. And you don't know who the, they don't know who the starters are going to be. So he seems to have the players just, on, you know, on point. All right. I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, uh, Cruz Azul were actually supposed to play against uh, the uh, team from IT tomorrow. Uh, but they have said that they actually can't afford the flights, the travel. It's 150. Wait, cr- cr- Cruz Azul or IT? No, the, the, the team from IT. Sorry. They, they can't oh, okay. make the trip. And they've, they've already let CONCACAF know that they're probably going to have to forfeit that match. So Cruz Azul is going to come in fresh for that match uh, on Saturday against America. But I'm just going to say it, man. We always look at this Cruz Azul team. We saw it happen last year where they imploded. You know, they don't have the, the mental capacity to overcome their... I don't know what it is, man. It's like they're they're just mental midgets. I think that that game against America is going to be so crucial for the rest of the season. If they lose this match, I think it's that's it, man. That's gonna they're just gonna implode, and the memes are gonna come in, and the social media, everything's gonna just just like like always, man. Like always, just like clockwork. I feel Chris Azul are gonna like have a fracaso after this if they don't win this match. I think if they win this match, they win the league, man. I think there's. That's like the last hurdle they got to cross. No, I hope not. (laughs) Jesus. This is just regular season, man. Cruz Azul has been through so much humiliation. They're they're used to this stuff. They can can handle it by now. Uh... I mean, they they had Moises Munoz score a golazo against them. And that's like the worst humiliation you could ever. Okay, dude, that was like seven years ago. What happened in 2018? They lost again. 
and then, again. And then what happened? Yeah, and and then what? Because they're boogeyman. And then what happened last season in the semis? <laughs> They lost the Pumas, then accusation of match-fixing or whatever. Yeah. Bro, like, Come on, there was no match-fixing, man. Well, that, just the accusation. Just the accusation well, itself. Well, yeah, but because that's how bad they were. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I have my aluminum, my tinfoil sombrero on. I, I I think there could have been something there. Sorry, Chiquis. Not that Pumas can't can do those Herculean tasks. But, I, you know, Lee MX is not above that Type of stuff. Hey, dude, I'm, I'm a fan. Dude, of the betting, dude. Imagine what the bets were like at Caliente. You know, just, just not even for, you know, to win, but to win the series for Cruz Azul. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm I mean, Pumas, of... Pumas, for Pumas to win, well, to turn it around. Yeah, not taking anything away from Pumas, but I'm a fan of Hector Huerta, and if he's, you know, he has some sources or whatever. <laughs> You know, just like I'm a fan of Alvaro Morales. Oh you know, God! Shock, man. No, you know, you know, my just my my big, just one of the main reasons where I'm where I'm willing to believe that could have been was because because Alvarez and and all those crooked and we know they're crooked because because they how they're wanted by Interpol and all that. Um, but but those dudes were like on their way out, and you know they needed some extra money to put away on their offshore IT accounts, you know, to, they might be going away for a long way. And that's, man, it, that was some, that must've been a nice payout if they did, they did yeah. it that way through the, through the bets. But how much do you think they would have to pay out? Because it's like, they're, they're, they're in the semifinals. How, like, who do you have to pay and how much do you have to pay to make that happen? Yeah, there's, no, I mean, there's no way, man. There's no way they were, there was a, well, it goes through the, the promote. Well, it could, because I mean, it goes through the promoters, you know. Uh, like, I mean, they could yeah. it, where the player promoters and all of that, and yeah, uh, it's, we have someone uh, uh, that wants to join in on the conversation. Just, I'm going to add them very quickly. Uh, Rigo, Let's see if he connects. What up, Rigo? Rigo Berto. Is he yep. here? Oh, he left. No, he's here. Talk to oh, us, yeah. Rigo. He has a teddy bear and a banana. He's one of you guys's. No, that's a different Rigo. That's a, that's a different Rigo que nos traicionó. Um, if, you, if you want to fix your, your mic settings, it might be like your privacy settings. Sometimes you have to accept it in order to have your mic turn on, but... We'll continue the conversation. Okay. Anybody that's listening Walter? in can uh, request to. Yeah, so, salute to Walter also because uh, he had some interesting uh, comments, like sort of dissing on Nicaxa. Oh yeah, Walter, if you okay. want, if you have any, uh, <laughs> I'll invite you to speak if you if you have a hot take from this Nicaxa acquisition. Sorry. Uh, I. Oh, Albert. Tokayo Albert. I invited him to speak, so he should be he should be getting a. Edith is listening also. Can you guys hear me? Oh, oh hey, yeah. Yes. Hey guys. I'm I'm about to run on the treadmill, so I just wanted to listen to you guys while I while I run. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah. If, if you guys, if you guys want my thoughts, I'll give them to you real quick if you want them, if you care. Yeah, let's hear but, it, man. Uh, 
So uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of a kind of interesting little deal there, right? Send little shockwaves on both sides of the border. Um, I think just the main thing that I think was interesting is just their selection of Nikaksa. You know, obviously it's not necessarily that every team was on the table, right, to to sell, but um, I, I think you know the fact that they're investing leads me to believe that they see something down the road that many of us maybe don't see something going on maybe in the future with Liga MX and MLS because um, if you guys read the article or, or heard who was involved one of the exact one of the people involved is an executive with DC United he's a CEO or chief strategy officer for DC United and then he's also on the board uh, for Swansea over Ooh, across the pond and so interesting um, so the fact he's already in MLS executive circles right so he knows what's kind of going on because you should have known this i'm replacing you with this guy because you you're just not out. reading you're just fired reading you're fired way yeah. <laughs> 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 knows more than us dude yeah I'm just, no, as, he, as he says it as he says it i'm reading it oh yeah go ahead so anyway so i just think um you know because other than that like you know that's that's probably not the first club that would come to mind if i'm looking to make an investment but but then again too like Maybe they're, it's just an easier process with Nick Oxa, it's an easier entry level, you know, from a price point, because they're definitely on the, on the more affordable end, right? Just in yeah. terms of, you know, MLS, Liga MX values. And so I, I think if, if, they're, if they're looking at it to make money, then they're probably hedging or betting on trying to generate money through the U.S. through TV rights. And the only way that's going to happen is either uh, Liga MX decides to finally sell their TV rights as a bundle, in, in the U.S., or eventually there is going to be a merger, and they're going to be able to capitalize on that by getting in early uh, yeah. in that deal. And so, if if, if if neither if neither of those things happen, then I don't know how they're going to gain relevance in the U.S. I mean, even Alejandro Aragori said, I think uh, what was it last year? Uh, I think more than half of their revenues are coming from the U.S., and usually the bulk of that, ninety percent or more of that, is coming from TV rights. And so Necaxa would be at the bottom of the totem pole right now, realistically, in those TV rights in the U.S. with TUDN. And, uh, and, and if you guys remember, too, just I think it's just even recently when they actually finally got visibility or TV rights to have their phone game, home games on TUDN in the U.S. after they were promoted. It, it took a while for them to actually get their TV rights set straight. And so that just, that just kind of shows you how unappealing they've been as a club on the U, in the U.S. market. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they have. My... You know, or unless if they're not necessarily looking to make a return on their investment right away, maybe they're looking at it as a long-term strategic thing, as like City Football Group, but by owning multiple clubs around the world and trying to create like pipelines for Fuerzas Basicas and all that, and being able to sell players high and train them. Maybe they're looking at it that way and not really looking at a as a way to you know generate a lot of money just to kind of you know create a market for players. Maybe, but I'm curious to see what you guys think about all that. that those are just some of my thoughts. Thank you, Walter, with your <laughs> insight. Question, Amazing. Quick, quick question. Do you think they need a sort of big-name signing to make an impact in the U.S.? Um, no, I, I don't think so because, I mean, look at what, what, what clubs would you guys say in Mexico made a big splash signing that resonated in the U.S.? Landon Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that was that was kind of a okay, yeah. I mean, that's I think no, that's a good point though. It kind of did, right? But other than that, who else? That actually, that there was someone someone that actually like st- stayed in the league and produced for the club. Demarcus Beasley, Puebla. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know. To me, I don't, I don't think he really moved the needle. I don't think anyone cared at that point because he was so I don't think there's anyone. his age, right? No. All they, yeah. they got to so, I mean, do is sign Chicharito and the poches will go crazy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, though, is um, because Necaxa, I mean, they have, they have a long history as a club, right? But they've been moved around so much. They're kind of like the Raiders almost, but they don't have the history of the Oakland Raiders where they were in Oakland and L.A., then back to Oakland and Vegas, and they still have a large following no matter where they go. Necaxa doesn't have that benefit of the doubt. And right now where they are, they're from Aguascalientes where you're talking about a population, total population with a state of like less than 2 million. Yeah, it's something really small, <laughs> right? And then, like and thousand. Then, and then, then, yeah, sorry. No, yeah, 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 you're right. And then, and then aside from that, though, is you have to think about what the most popular clubs in Mexico that are popular also in the U.S. have a large following because of immigration because they're from those regions. And so you mm. think about, you know, you know the Rayados and Tigres, they have a really strong following where? In Texas, because it's right by the, right, right right by by the border. border, right? Yeah. And then same with, same with Santos Laguna. They have the benefit of the altitude because over the last 15 years, they've won championships, but they've also increased their presence in the northwest, northeast part of Mexico, which is right by Texas. And so they've had that that benefit. And then Tijuana being right on the border. Um, and so, but can you say that about Necaxa all the way down south? No, you know, they, they would probably have to move back to the FA. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and there's a reason why they moved from the FA, right? Because it wasn't working. They're playing at Estadio Azteca. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to think, okay, well, what, realistically, how many people have ties to Necaxa that are in the U.S. that are immigrants that has some type of tie where they, they would do it. So if they don't, then they have to almost kind of follow the Santos Laguna model where it's going to take a lot of work, investment, and probably some luck and to win championships. They need to kind of, you know, it's easier said than done, but over the next 15 years, try to win, you know, a handful of championships at Liga X level with this new ownership, get a lot of marketing with Eva Langoria and the and Justin Verlander and Kate Alton and try to... Try to who are part of the investment group, right? So get them involved, get in marketing the team somehow. And if they can have that resonate in the U.S., then that's you have to capture new fans. You're not really gonna pat. You're not gonna be able to count on whoever the core fan is in the U.S. because they're so sparse. In the U.S., for me myself personally, I I think I could probably count on my hand how many Nakaxa jerseys I've seen in the U.S. my in my whole life, or, or Nakaxa fans. That's how sparse and just relatively smaller they are relative to any other bigger clubs. Uh, Don Don Ramon was a Necaxa fan, right? <laughs> That's the only that and some Salvadorian that I used to play yeah. uh, on Sundays with. He he was those are the only two people I know <laughs> that are Necaxa fans, and they fell in love with you know Luis Hernandez' lo- long luscious hair and you know Gautemo and Aspen yeah, and all yeah. those all those big names in the in the mid nineties. Yeah. But um, and, and, you know what, and you know what too. Now that you mentioned that, maybe they can. Uh, tap into the Ecuadorian fan base in the U.S. with Aguinaga, right? Yeah. From back in the day. You know, but I mean, realistically, though. So, that, so you, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of challenges there. You don't have... So to be in the U.S., okay, you're not going to be able to count on immigrants from Aguascalientes or people that... You can't find where those fans are. They're so spread out throughout the U.S. And so what you're going to have to be really creative. And so that's why... I don't think the investors are dumb. I don't think they're they're like, oh, let's just pick a Mexican team. We'll be able to do whatever we want in the U.S. because they're Mexican. I think they have a strategic vision. So I'm curious to see, eventually, once this thing closes, assuming it closes, um, you know what their vision for the future is. And they, and again, it's only two a 50% investment. So maybe they're just kind of testing the water to see how it goes and try to implement best practices from the U.S. and EPL and and see what what happens from there. So. Uh, anyway, first time, first time, a uh, long time listener, first time caller. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hang up and listen to you guys. 
So, so in other words, uh, from what I'm reading. Yeah, I think Walter was onto something with the Evelyn Goria thing, man. I think that's their best move right there, you know. Yo, look, Desperate. Look at where Hymet goes, man. Like, Desperate housewife, you know, dude, wearing nothing we but just, a Nikaxa jersey. Oh, oof. Didn't, didn't, we just, didn't we just talk about this, man? Didn't we just. Yeah, man. We need to hashtag be better or something. Hey, I'm willing to <laughs> switch my stripes. Canceled, I'm willing to switch my. They're the same stripes, you know. It's just. <laughs> I'm kidding, bro. I'll never, never ditch my Chivas, even if they're, they're the worst thing in the world right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Rigo has requested to uh, join again, so I'm gonna give you a second chance, bro. Is your chance to shine? Oh, and I think he just left. Can you hear me? Ah, there he is. You can hear me. Welcome to the show, Rigo. Uh, what's up, you guys? How's you it know, going? A few fans of Nicaxa or even people that are from Caliente in the U.S. You don't have a bunch of fans because it's not a big club because it's not a club that's had success. And uh, Tigres, Monterrey, there's, you know, there's bigger clubs. America Chivas, you know, you're going to see them all throughout the U.S. But Nicaxa, the only way you see the Nicaxa fans go out and buy their jerseys and, and, you know, pop up here in Texas or in California or Las Vegas, wherever, is if they start winning titles. And I don't see that happening. And so even I then, I have man, no idea what their strategy is. Even then, they can go right now. They can go on a tear and win the next five titles. Do you really think people are going to bandwagon and switch sides? No, man. Yes. Yeah, I, think they will. <laughs> I think they will. I agree. I can see a lot, especially of the youngsters. You know, a lot of the youngsters switching sides mm. before they're too committed publicly, like I am with Chivas. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, uh, it's an interesting project. Uh, I was hearing you guys talking about uh, the Cruz Azul America game coming up this weekend, and I just wanted to mention, like, if we're talking about, uh, obviously, the season that they've had is amazing. Um, Solari, I think he's probably like this is his first season, so I don't want to go ahead and say he's the best manager in the league, but he's uh, he's you know he's really impressing me. And um, Juan Reynoso, he's doing great things. He did great things with Puebla too. Um, speaking of Puebla, they're doing good choosing their managers lately. Like they chose Juan Reynoso, and he did a good job there. And then Cruz Azul picked him up. And then now they chose Larcamón, and he's doing amazing things now. So it's like somebody is getting it right at Puebla with the managers. I wish they would work for Chivas. They would always hire Uh, Chelis. Chelis. (laughs) (laughs) Got kicked out of uh, days of Chelis. He got kicked out of Vegas Lights, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) He was with Huariwiki. Every other season, he was their coach. Exactly, but yeah, I mean, two top coaches. And um, what would you say? Because I know. I don't watch every single game. Well, I watch every single America game, but I don't watch it in detail. I know Lil Hattrick does. What would you say is your weakness right now? What are you afraid might happen this weekend? You know, how do you think Cruz Azul can can beat nice, you guys? Nice them. try, Juan Reynoso. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think honestly. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cabecita plays on the left, right? So then Jorge would have to defend him. That's that's the avenue right there. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all he has to do. Because Jorge, Jorge is like, he he can be such an incredible player, and then he'll just make the dumbest mistakes. And I feel like there's lately, for whatever reason, lately, he's been playing kind of badly. 
Um, he's been, he's been, they've been just getting over him really easily. Um, I think, I just think that's, that's where they might get him. And I mean, look, Cruz Azul, once you start looking, cause they, they have, I would say they probably have one of the best midfields as well, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, as America, Cruz Azul, and then who do you want to say? Maybe Monterrey? Monterrey, like, they're, yeah. They're up there. And I mean, man, they're, 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 they can score. And and mm-hmm. America America defensively like if if America doesn't win the the midfield battle, then I don't think they can win because the yeah. dude we have Bruno Val this last game Bruno Valdez and Aguilera, Aguilera uh, started. We all know how bad they can be. Mm-hmm. All it they they they're one mistake away from us getting scored on because they they're just like fringe players. When mm-hmm. they're good, they're good, but like. I don't know what it is what it is about America and their and the defenders they pick they they don't they don't really have like I don't remember who the last solid like center back we had maybe like Pablo Aguilar yeah like, I don't really think Pablo ever really made mistakes but like these guys like if when they're good they're good but like they they can just make a mistake out of nowhere you'll just be there <laughs> you'll just be sitting there like what the hell just happened that's that's crazy though because i mean had it not been for the uh, the un- unfortunate event that happened against atlas you guys would have the best offense and defense in the league so if you guys yeah, have but, have made mistakes I mean, did, it's it's not showing up on the scoreboard it's not showing up on the table did, did you see did you see the goal that leon scored on america <sighs> dude i'm too busy watching this shit show called okay. chivas <laughs> Okay. okay, and the mistakes was, that they've been making. <laughs> so your defense is like a tier compared, to, you know, to the rest of the okay. league. When you have when you have the time, go go look go look at that goal, and you're just gonna be like, how do they just let him do that? Like, how do they just let them do that? And that's that's just that's just what it is. Um, they're they're good defensively. I would say they're better defensively, but uh, yeah, maybe you could say they're the best defense, <laughs> but like they're just one mistake away. From letting a goal go in there, and I mean, we, Henry's injured right now. Like, are we really going to rely on Roger to score? Like, he has what four goals, but two of those came out of one game. Like, we have like no reliable scores right now, Ooh. and so if we get behind, Gio dos Santos, come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know what I mean? Exactly, the Belinda That's heartbreaker. That. Come on, man! That's I don't know have. if you would agree with me. But, like, I think I see some weaknesses in that defense, too. Like, the fact that Luis Fuentes is starting sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's a weakness. Aguilera, I don't rate him that much. But I do think that that solid midfield, which is, like, out of this league, in my opinion, Pedro Aquino, Richard Sanchez, and now the new player, uh, Fidalgo, he's doing great things. That midfield is like on another level. So they're really making that defense look good in my opinion, I think. I don't know if you would agree. I would say Luis Fuentes might be I wouldn't say the our best defender, but just as Jorge has has kind of been a little down in the past few weeks, I feel mm-hmm. like Luis Fuentes has really stepped it up. He's just solid. Like he doesn't he you know, he's old, so he's not going to make like these incredible plays, but I feel like he's he's pretty astute in his passes, like his decision making tends to be pretty good and um i have no complaints with them right now man like he's 34 35 years old and mm-hmm. i mean he's look at where paul is right now right like paul Aguilar, yeah at this age he was like the bench of the bench you know what i mean he he's a legend and they just like kicked him out the back door 
Yeah, yeah. And, but, I mean, just the fact, like, I, I agree that he can do a job, but in the long term, like, if we're talking long term now, he was, wasn't he let go and then you guys had to re-sign him? That yeah. just shows to me that there's probably a weakness in the depth of that position. So, oh, dude, 100%. Yeah, yeah. If, if let's let's say he gets injured, okay. Let's say they're they're in the playoffs, right? Or yeah, he gets injured. I have no clue who's like. I don't. We don't have like a backup. Like I have no idea who's gonna cover him. Who Escobosa? Like Escobosa, I think has played maybe once or twice this this season. Like that's that position is is a position that they need to reinforce next season. So for now, we're just kind of praying. You know, like, you- look. Go ahead. Do you think Solari is the type to um, look deep into the youth squads, like the youth academy, and find a player? Like, do you think he's foreseeing that as like something that could that he has to be looking for in the academy right now? Like, how many youngsters does he use? Um, he's not really. I, I would say they're they're in like the first team. They're not obviously they're not starting right now. I do know that a lot of them do practice with the first team and whatnot, but like. I can't. I can't give you a, a, a left back. I, I just can't. There's. There's nobody that I, that would say. You know what? If, if Luis Fuentes goes down, we got a guy that can cover him. We have nobody. Like, that's that's the type of um, of uh, roster that Miguel Herrera left. Like, do you? I don't know if you guys remember. Well, I mean, okay, you guys are Chivistas, right? Except for Chiquis over there. Um, when. Uh, who was it? Baños. He said that we weren't gonna sell any players nationally, and then he sold Aldo Cruz. And now Aldo Cruz is a left back who was sold from Tijuana to Tigres, and he actually started against America. So it's like, like we have like nobody. I don't know. They they've made really stupid decisions, and so right now we're just kind of praying that everything is fine and that people don't get injured because if they do, then it's it's over. Yeah, America has had a really good cantera though. They don't, I don't think they've gotten as much praise like compared to like Pachuca, but the amount of players that have come out, and I, I think Solari's been one of those. There, there was like a thing on the coaches influenced by Bielsa, and and Solari was on the list. So if uh, you know, he he learned a thing or two from a local, he might. That would be one thing to dig into the to the canteras and and um. And look for that talent. So, but I mean, if if he's not using, then it could be as you say that just the player he needs is just not there. But but like like you said, they're out. So like the good ones, they're 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 in Europe or you know. And and then I would say Aldo Cruz, he was showing really good things at Lobos. So they loaned him out to Tijuana because they were like, oh, this this guy's a left back. He's doing pretty good. Let him get some more playing time over there. And then in the end, they ended up just selling him. And for me, it opened because, uh, you know, I didn't really watch him. But when I did, sometimes I'd be like, oh, he's good. Because he even he was even starting to get called up to, like, the Mexican national team. Not the main one, but, like, I think the U23 or something. And so when Tigres got him, I was like, oh, he must be pretty good. Because for Tigres to, to buy a player, in, in my eyes, it's like, you know, they're just not going to buy anybody. Um, but, I mean, like, a year ago... Piojo was literally, I remember he started Cordova as a left back. If that gives you any indication of, of our squad, Cordova. Yeah. 
Um, it's turned into an America podcast, but I do got to move the conversation <laughs> a little bit. Um, and, and we kind of will go. Uh, we're, still, we're talking about coaches. Uh, unfortunately for Tijuana, <clears throat> they had a 2-0 uh, victory or lead over Mazatlan. Mazatlan claw, uh, clawed back into the game, got a penalty kick, actually two of them, tied the game, and then in the 91st minute, Michael Rangel scored, got the game winner, and after the match, Pablo Rede, uh, he basically quit from uh, Tijuana, so he has been let go, and there's a rumor that Piojo is going to take over the realms again. And Joel, I think you have something to say about that. Uh, just to me, it's a step back. You know, I, I don't think he should be in Liga MX. I, I know he, he's not liked, <laughs> but he his track record is very good. You know, he gets a lot of flack, but I, I think he should he should. Go somewhere else. Liga MX will be waiting. All those teams will be waiting. Uh, he needs to go somewhere else, man. I don't. I don't. Where would he I go? Think, MLS. Could be MLS, man. Who cares? Hey, Tata Martino came from MLS. Um, just, I mean, just he needs. Yeah, he needs a better agent. But <laughs> you know, just try his luck somewhere, wherever he could find an opening. You're saying after what he's accomplished at America that he should deserve, like, a he's, promotion? He's, he broke so many records there, I think, you know, and pretty much he's won what, what there is to win at the league. So, but just going back to... Well, I mean... Going back to Tijuana, I, no offense to them, but it just seems like, you know, you're, you're just going to get stuck there and, be, you know... And be just the, one of those coaches that you end up coaching pretty much every team in the league. Yeah. They do have a good squad, though. So that's something interesting for him. I think Cholos have a good squad. Yeah. No, I mean, they've had they've had good squads. But I'm saying if you're a coach, because I, I think I, I like Bioho. You know, I, I think uh, he he could he has what it takes to triumph in that. But I, I would like to see him outside because we don't really see that many. Uh, Mexican coaches uh, outside of the league. Very few would venture to go out. I think his biggest opportunity to, you know, if we're talking about like coaching abroad was back in 2014 when, you know, he, he took over the helm at Mexico, uh, took him to the World Cup and everybody loved his celebrations, you know, like his celebrations were just like uh, viral, you know, during the World Cup. And I think it brought a lot of appeal to people that didn't even know who he was. That was a big chance to go to like a team in Europe or whatever. Now, I don't know, man. I feel like realistically he can probably coach in the MLS maybe. Um, but I don't think there's much interest outside the league. I think MLS would be a good because, I mean, you just said it. He's He's got that famous gif, right? Everyone knows probably even like non-soccer fans see that gif and probably have even used it without even knowing like who he is. So if he goes to a club in MLS, he could bring their profile up, especially amongst, amongst, like if somebody, if an MLS team cares about pandering to Hispanics and stuff or Mexicans, he could like, you know, do a good thing to promote even more so than, uh, than, uh, than Almeida at San Jose, San Jose, just like, you know, scoop, trying to scoop up all the uh, Chiva fans. <laughs> Sloppy seconds. To the, feet, <laughs> to the feet of Almeida. 
they could do this. I mean, Piojo could do the same. He could get all the, uh, you know, the fans that love Piojo and all his crazy antics and his celebrations and, you know, even his drama or like slapping Martinoli upside the head and, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And, you know, just make it a spectacle for, for uh, to bring in the viewers and stuff. Like an Austin FC, like Austin FC. Well, they already have a coach, but uh, that I, would be a... I think he would have been great because uh, you got to think about, you know, Piojo, his biggest appeal, like to, you know, uh, people here in the United States, probably in L.A. I think L.A. Galaxy would be a really good club for him to coach, um, you know, because the city of L.A. is just huge. And there'd be that rivalry against L.A. Galaxy and then... You know the the Clásico with uh, San Jose and, and LA at LA would be great, even even more amplified. You know to have those two coaches at it with Matias and, and Piojo. So I think that was a missed opportunity on LA Galaxy's part for not trying to get him. But re- realistically, I mean the offers are going to come from Mexico because you know we do a really good job in Mexico of recycling coaches, and I'm sure that uh, it's probably a pretty lucrative offer to to coach Tijuana. I don't know if he's going to get that kind of money anywhere else, man. And then outside of and then inside of Mexico, he needed to do that. I think he was doing like stuff on his YouTube channel, but I don't know how frequent he was. You <laughs> 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 could follow the footsteps of Chicharito and become a YouTuber or Twitch streamer. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. History was made yesterday. Monterrey finally got a victory in El Niesmo Diez. Against Toluca, it was 2006 since their last victory there. 16 visits. And Rayados with that victory, uh, they're in third place, you know. And, I, and it's crazy to think about the point gap between them and America. It's it's nine points. So pretty crazy there. And, uh, you know, Chivas will have a makeup game against Rayados uh, pretty soon. I'm not looking forward to that. Um and we just talked about the Puebla match that just happened, winning 3-1 uh, to end Jornada 14 in Liga MX. Uh, we did have some other things to talk about. There was a comment uh, by Gerardo Artega. You know, he's playing over there in uh, Genk of Belgium. And uh, he was giving a lot of criticism to Mexican players that they lack professionalism. And it's a topic that, you know, has been discussed before here on Cantina MX. But what, what's going on, man? I mean, you look at players and they're just too comfortable in Mexico. Mexico. Do you guys think that this is something along the lines of what Macias was saying before he went to León? What did Macias say? Or or when he went to León, actually, uh, basically just saying that, like, ah, oh, shit, actually, I don't remember what he was saying. <laughs> he was saying basically along the lines like of... Now. El peor enemigo de un mexicano es otro mexicano and stuff like that. That when he was at Chivas, the other youth players uh, didn't really like him because he was he came from like a richer family and stuff like that. And yeah. basically that phrase that everybody loves to say that el peor mexicano, el peor enemigo de un mexicano es otro mexicano. That's basically what he was saying. Mm. Uh, and that Chivas is toxic, <laughs> basically. <laughs> And he came, and now he's living it. So there you go. <laughs> but I didn't actually understand where Gerardo Ortega was coming from because he said two different things. He said that Mexican players complain a lot and that they're not professional. I can agree with the not professional uh, comment. 
because we've seen it. Gulit Peña, prime example, Chaton Enriquez, all these players oh, that had promising futures. Barbies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we see that, right? Uh, but I don't understand the complaining about everything. I don't understand what he meant by that. Maybe about the, the training, right? Unless he was asked, you know, he could have been asked and then that that part. But it, it, it lines up what he was saying to uh, what Hans Westerhoff had said yeah. not too long ago about how, you know, a lot of the Mexican players, he's noticed that they did, they will complain about the training and how they they wouldn't give it that extra if they wanted to make it abroad, how they seem to be conformist, you know, just, just do enough to, to be there. And, and it's, it's kind of similar. It's along the lines to a lot of the stuff he's saying. And, and I think as fans, I, I think we've, we've gotten like, you know, we've accepted that. And, and I think like trophies is prime example, how he shows up, you know, he, he showed up after preseason, like 10 pounds overweight or, or whatnot. And and I kept seeing, you know, fans making excuses for him, and it's, it's um, it's it's you know, if you, if you want some of these teams players to be better, you have to demand more of them. I was just seeing how like Chuck is getting some criticism, and he's he's returning from injury, and they're like put already putting pressure on him to, to be in in better form. And I think in Mexico, it's like when you, when you become a professional soccer player, the biggest sport in Mexico, you're, you like made it, you're there and you have all these luxuries and, you know, all, you can, and then, and, and it, we, we can admit that in Mexico or Mexicans like to party, like to have fun or like to make jokes and laugh and all this stuff. And what he's saying that in Europe, that Mexicans are, are, are complaining about like that they're tired or the schedule for working or that they have to rest, um, like they can't stay up all late, all late, or the type of com- uh, the type of food, and maybe the diet, and uh, the work schedules. Um, what else is he saying? Like just the discipline, dedication, and professionalism. Um, when you go to Europe, you're not. It's it's pretty much like you're starting from scratch. You can't think like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do whatever I want on my off time, eat whatever I want. Um, and all this stuff, it's like you're a professional athlete, even though you're not training, you're not playing the game in your off time, you actually got to treat yourself as like, a uh, a tool of the club, an athlete that's got to take care of itself at all time. You can't go out drinking and partying all night long, even though I, that's what like the greatest player ever did in Maradona. But, um, but yeah, I think that's, that's what he's referring to is just, and I, but I don't know who he's actually thinking of because i can just think of like you guys mentioned guli peña or trophies uh, players like that but marco fabian there's a lot of players that went to europe and they uh they just came back with their tail between their legs Pablo barrera you know omar bravo there's a lot of players that flopped out there once they got there man it's just like they just i don't know if they just weren't mentally strong enough to handle it you know you talk about the 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 different culture and the different language and the the temperatures and all that like uh i know carlos Salcido had a really hard time when he first got to holland uh same with massa so it's it's not easy man it's not an easy transition yeah but how, how are you gonna complain like how are you gonna be like i'm better than this right you know i should have this treatment like if you're in mexico yeah you're like the top you're like the top dog right you can do whatever you want but when you're going to europe 
you're like the bottom docs. So you got to fight for every single and scrap for every single minute of play. Yeah. Um, and you just got to do it. You're like, you got to do everything you can. It's like you're starting from scratch trying to make the team. Um, so I don't see how people can do that. And like, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's just a mentality and some players can adapt and some can. And it's not always lack of professionalism. Sometimes it's just you could just have bad luck or you, you went into a club you know, like how, what happened to Gio at Tottenham where the coach of that took him there was gone, like, yeah. what was it, two months later or whatever. Yeah. And and, and stuff like that happens where, you, you you know, you go to a club and then they it, things change overnight and all of a sudden you're in the outs. He and needs so, to name names, man. Huh? <laughs> Artiaga needs to name names. Yeah. Oh, I think he yeah. was just general generalizing, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. It was probably an interview or something, and he just aired out some dirty laundry. Okay, but this is this is how I bring it back to Macias because I I, I kind of remember him um, before he went to Leon. Like I kind of remember him having like his own nutritionist and like his own yeah. like trainer and whatnot, and like a yeah, lot of there. like the the main I I would say like the main guys like maybe Pizarro, let's, let's say a Pulido Pulido. or something. Yeah, yep. like they probably looked at him like dude you're like 19 like you need to relax like you know let's let's go fucking party and shit and he's probably like nah i'm gonna go train and um that's probably a reason why he's benched right now maybe maybe he's just fucking like sick and tired of losing because he's like yo i'm sitting here i'm working my ass off and then the the coach doesn't know what the hell he's talking about (laughs) so he's probably mad over there you know what i mean but they they were the the rumor is that he was starting some. He yeah. was starting stuff, uh, but no, I but think there was, a, there was a quote though from uh, from Lucetich recently. But it, he said something specifically about Macias. Uh, Macias. He said Macias no está no está concentrado en lo que yeah. nosotros pretendemos. Like yeah, exactly. the, yeah. So yeah, but he's not gonna air the dirty laundry though. He's not gonna say you know he he's not gonna say the real reason. I I think just going back uh, to to when Macias was at Chivas and then he left, he ended up having, and, and it's one thing that has affected Chivas for a long time, that whole party. It's like the party school, you know? They, it's like Chico players, State, man. <laughs> yeah, you, because, you know, you you had, like, all this stuff, and, and it goes goes far back to even when you had, you know, like Alberto Medina and, and Omar, Omar Bravo. Bravo and they, they would call him... <laughs> Yeah, Tomar Bravo and Beberto Medina in, in the whole, you know, and, and even with um, with Fabian, you know, when he went to Cruz Azul, the memes like, you know, I got, I, yo pongo los pomos or something like that, but to show him with beers and stuff, and it's it's stuff that comes from the fans, because from seeing, you know, from from just knowing all those stories, and even, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Kubo, they brought in Kubo. And uh, he had had that wonderful, just really good seasons at, uh, what was it, Dallas? Houston. Uh, and Houston, there, there you go. Too. Yeah. yeah, and they, they bring him in, and he ends up in this whole scandal with, you know, some girl at a Underage. party saying he was trying yeah. to spike his. And it's like, man, it, that dude had just gotten there, and they were going to try to promote him as a one of the main players and kind of had to get rid of him again. He didn't play and, after that. He was, like, on the bench. Yeah, and it goes, like, you know, just the number of stories coming out and 
just until recently when they finally booted four players. And it's more more like that. It's pretty bad, you know, the stories when you have those type of allegations of, you know, rape or whatnot. So, yeah, I do think there's a big reason they were like, hey, you're making us look bad. <laughs> it's can like I, chill. Can I say something? It's like chill, yeah. man. Huh? I might, I might yeah, get yelled yeah. at, but I think, I think it's your guys' fault. The fans, TV stuff. The fans. Uh, you, guys, yeah. you guys put these guys on a pedestal. It's However, true. I, I will say, I will say this. I think that, for example, because obviously, like the partying happens everywhere. I mean, you look at a. I see we have a, a Cruz Azulino in here. You see uh, all the partying that uh, Cabecita was doing. You know, in the past year or so. Um, I think. I, do you guys think that uh, players in Chivas are a little at a disadvantage because it's like since there's only Mexicans there, they only kind of really have to compete with themselves. And I mean, for example, if you have a, if you have a Macias, like no, there's really nobody that can really take his place. I mean, we, we know that this is a capricho from, from your coach, right? Like he's just, for whatever reason he's mad. So he's like, all right, you got to sit down somewhere. But do you guys think that like, for example, let's, let's take a Cordova at America. Do you guys think that, you know, Americanistas might put him on a pedestal, but he's like, there's all these foreigners around me that if, if I'm not on my A game, they're just going to take over and I'm never going to see the, the pitch again. You know what it is? Yeah. I think it's more cutthroat at Chivas because it's just Mexican players. It's more cutthroat because it's more competitive, you know, whereas when you go to another, like I think Macias was talk, telling about how like the culture at Leon was just so more laid back and everybody got along with each other. And uh, they were, you know, they were okay with the competition, but I don't know at Chivas, is, it's a little bit more cutthroat, man. Um, no, dude, I agree. I agree with Hattrick on this one, man. A Cordova, a Mexican amongst like uh, the whole selection, because Chivas is limit limiting themselves to the to a certain selection of players. America and the rest of the teams are not. So a Cordova has to play not only against Mexicans and compete for his spot, but against South Americans and anyone else who's who's on the club. So if he doesn't, if he's not up to par, then he's going to lose his spot. In, in Chivas, yeah, you could have some competition, but, you know, it's just amongst other Mexicans who like, aren't even the greatest Mexicans. They're not the best Mexicans in the whole league. Like, Cordova could probably get a starting position. Um, you know, other other players that are Mexican on other clubs could, you know, get in there and probably take someone's spot in Chivas. Dude, like, who, yeah, who can take Alexis Vega's place, man? Like, there's nobody on Chivas that can take a spot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And that's and that's why and that's why, for example, all the partying that, you know, Chofis did and all the other players, they got kicked out of the team. Antuna and and uh, even Chicote were doing whatever they wanted, but they're still there. Uh, they got a warning. I think it was his birthday and they had a mariachi band. And they were singing and they were drinking. Um, <laughs> but Chofis has like four years of parties. Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> he has three three year strikes left. <laughs> he was on his last strike man and uh you know they had an interview on on uh Dudene, you know now that he's in san jose and he was he was visibly like shook like emotionally he he doesn't know why he that what happened happened and he's still trying to figure out like wh- you know what he did wrong and you could tell that he he was he was really bummed out about the about the decision that she has did you know to get rid of him and you know, he's happy that he's with Macias now in San Jose and it's a way different culture. You know, he can actually go 
uh, go downtown and nobody knows who he is. There's no press. There's no media. There's no no one tweeting. Oh, look, he's at you know so and so drinking this. You know he, he doesn't have to worry about those that. College parties soon. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> and another pool party. No, I I completely agree with uh, you know with 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 you guys takes. Uh, just want to add about the whole partying thing. And I know other clubs do it, but I think with, with Chivas, if, if, you know, when you have the club and it's, it's going on five seasons without qualifying to the league, you, you shouldn't be partying, man. That, at that point, you know, yeah. any other country, dude, if they were in Argentina, they would be chased out of anywhere, dude. They, they, they wouldn't even be able to get to their car because the fans would be pissed, you know, and, and, we're just very, and I'm not saying it has to be to that extent in Mexico where we, you know, going to show up at their house and, and, you know, graffiti it up and, and call them names. I, that's a bit too much. But I do think that it's it's just too forgiving. Uh, you know, we're, we're just too forgiving there. But I, I do think that's, that's the criticism um, with the club. It's like, you can't just be partying. You just missed out on the year or, or this is the fifth tournament of, of you can't even qualify, can't even finish top eight, you know, and, and you're, you're out partying. So that, that does feel like you're not taking things too serious. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. So uh, kind of on the rumor mill, Johan Vasquez is being linked with Sevilla, which would be uh... – Phenomenal young kid. I mean, uh, he's a player that Chivas could use right now, but uh, if he can go straight to Europe, the more the merrier, you know, get, get these kids out there young. If, if they are mentally prepared, of course. And if it's a, if it's a deal where you can tell that they have a, a long-term plan, you know, it's not going to be like a Davila Chelsea situation again, but uh, this is good news, you know, good news that clubs like Sevilla are looking at at youngsters in, in Mexico. Um, kind of scratching my head that you know a club like atletico um you know they have their connection to uh atleti madrid and and they're not they, there's nothing going on there. there's no they're not sending players to madrid and and madrid isn't sending players to san luis so it's like you know what's the whole point of having uh this involvement if if there's not going to be a, a mutual benefit a money laundering scheme yeah Come on, man. We know. Hey, Chiquis, is, is Johan actually good or what? Uh, I haven't seen too much of him. Like, I think he's. I think he's okay. He doesn't impress me too much. But let me look. At, let me try to look up his stats. But yeah, he's doesn't. He doesn't. He's not like highlighted too much in my in my view that I've seen of the of his play. But he seems like a solid guy. It's just I just think it's interesting that he's getting looks, and I mean maybe maybe it's the Prolimpico, but could have been. I don't I don't know I, I I would say Mexico wasn't in in that tournament. Mexico wasn't really like Tested. under pressure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To to where I'd be like, oh, he to where I'd have an opinion on him. But I mean, hey, hopefully hopefully he does end up leaving. That that'd be great. And I mean, Pumas would end up maybe getting a. Uh, a good lump sum of money and then they could reinvest that and, and get back to the year. Uh, I'm, I'm of the idea of keeping the young talent a little longer, but uh, 
but yeah, I mean, he's, he's been a solid, a solid player, solid starter throughout this whole season. And I do agree that he, that, that the team wasn't really tested. And like I mentioned that the previous podcast, a lot of the, I heard a lot of um, ideas or rumors, I guess, of that Olympic squad, not even being the, like, you know, how the U S was talking about not bringing their a, a team or their B team. Mm-hmm. It might not have been Mexico's A team. So oh, there I could know, be, like, there could have been some, you know, a lot of changes and, and maybe Johan would be one of them, but uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Definitely. There's another thing that's been going on as we are getting closer to the end of uh, the season. Uh, the teams that are on the hot seat right now, you know, Atlas, Atlético San Luis, Juarez, uh, these teams are trying to get out of paying the fines for being the worst teams in the league. So for those that don't know, uh, because there's no descenso, there's no relegation, uh, the, the, the bottom three teams get fined. Uh, the 16th place team gets fined $2.5 million. The 17th place team gets fined $3.5 million. And the last place team gets fined $6 million. So uh, all of a sudden, all these clubs that agreed to this, now they're all trying to get out of paying. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Wait, wait a second. Did you just say the lower the lower teams on the table are going to pay the fines. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's what they agreed. You know, there's no relegation, right? So what they do is they find those, those, the worst teams in the league and they, you, they, they give that money to the uh, second division to help, you know, stabilize the league and, and, and award the, the championship team that won the uh, Liga de Ascenso. Okay. So that's, that's similar to what the previous rules were. Um, I think, I can't remember what exactly they were. So if you were on the lower, if you were going to descend, uh, what was it where you could pay a fine to not descend? <laughs> There's like some weird rules where you could well, what get would, out of it. What would happen is like, for example, just to give an example, Atletico San Luis, uh, if relegation was still a thing, they'd be relegated this season. And if they wanted to stay in the league, uh, whatever team that got promoted, they would just buy their spot. They would just pay them, and uh, and that's basically that w- w- would happen a few times. Man, that's like the, that's like a mordida, man. That's that's sort of messed up. No, I think I think one of the teams wasn't able to uh, actually ascend because of their their uh, stadium, right? Correct. Oh, yeah. Cafetaleros, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, because they had all the requirements. They they needed to meet all the requirements. They had to have, uh, yeah, which is bullshit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think the requirements. Wait, wait, I don't think it's too much because the requirements. Because we've seen some stuff where it's like, uh, and and the requirements aren't that extreme, you know. Uh, But we saw what happened with like Lobos Buap, where they couldn't even get a TV deal. And then they just couldn't afford to maintain the team, so they had to sell it. We saw what happened at, at you know, Jaguares Chapa, same. They were having problems. Veracruz, man, another embarrassing. What was it like a year without paying the players? And so that's that's and that's one of the other big reasons for the whole merger to try to link up with with MLS because there's just not that many clubs that can afford to sustain a team in, in first division, 
you know, it's it's so many teams that uh, just will sell the their uh, franchise, you know, the franquicia. Mm-hmm. And then you have other teams pop up like Mazatlan who bought Morelia. Uh, they bought Morelia and then some other team switch names. It's just, you have too much of that. So I do think ultimately they do have to like put in some, you know, some, Oh man, I'm going to lose for words. <laughs> You're going to have to, you know, make it like, if you're going to come in first, at least make sure you have all these things, not just get in here and then you can't even, you, you can't even hang. And, so uh, you want, and you want investors to come invest in that stuff, man, where people. No, but, but see, that's the smaller, <laughs> that's the smaller clubs. Necaxa is, you Necaxa. know, they have that oh, new okay. stadium they built and, and they've have, you know, they, they got, they, they've been around long enough. We were talking about like smaller teams like Lobos Buap. You know, and and whatnot. But yo, but uh, even the MLS is fun. That's madre. Like everything is, man. Like, do you guys have you guys seen? Uh, I don't know if you guys have spoken about it. About wait, maybe you did. But the Miami team, they how they have like four designated players and shit, and they're only allowed to have three. Oh, uh, and they gotta get, <laughs> they gotta send somebody out. We we rarely talk about MLS, but I didn't know that was happening. Yeah, they got they have four players. And I'm, when does it? I think it starts next week or something like that. And they have to send one player out because that's. I mean, those are the the requirements. Those are the rules. Mm. And so people are like, "How do you mismanage this?" And so like, you know, just just as like all, both leagues have their issues, and uh, you know, that you yeah. might look at them, you might be like, "Okay, like these are both." these different issues like they're they might be small they might be big they might be unprofessional but like to say that a league is better than the other and then just merging will magically you know make all these things disappear is, is, no no it's it's not it's not like one league is better it's, it's sort of like like um there's only so many teams in the imx that could get to that next level the majority of them can just afford to stay afloat but what, so you, but, you, huh? but, uh, but what, what I'm saying is that that's that's an argument people make to justify. They say, well, you know, if, if Liga Mex, Liga Mex and, and MLS, if they merge, then the professionalism will will you know it will go up. But because, for example, you have uh, I think his name's Luciano Costa, the, the Atlas player that just left and went to the MLS. He sa- he just said that he left because Atlas wasn't able to pay his salary. Mm. Yeah. And so it, it's like, okay, so that's one thing in Liga Mekis, right? That's one thing that's probably not going to happen in MLS. But then in MLS, they, they're so badly mismanaged that they got to get rid of a player like a week before the, the oh, league starts yeah. because they're not allowed to have that's, one of those players. Yeah, but that's more like in the rules. And I know they got some weird rules where it's like, cause I, I remember they were trying to, what was one, when Gio was at Galaxy and they were trying to like, like they could change the rules depending like on salary. So like you will no longer be a DP. And it's, it's, I do think that's, those rules are dumb, but I think uh, the, the difference is, is like in investors. So there's just more investors in, in, in the US, uh, you know, and an economy as well. So even, even at the stadium, they could charge more money. And that's, those are some of the, you know, reasons where it's like they they would 
Liga MX can benefit if they come and play over here. I mean, it's been years, Selección, always where they play the majority of games in the U.S. You know, at one point, they weren't even playing in Mexico anymore, except for, except for like, uh, you know, the hexagonal. Yeah, and, and you know, Mistoson, they were all over the U.S. And that's that's a big reason. Uh, it, it's it's unfortunate, but you're, you're seeing it. Chivas, man, as the biggest team, and I hate to bring it back to Chivas, but, but they're like one of the best examples. Can't even land a good TV deal in Mexico. They haven't had a top sponsor in their jersey since Bimbo left, you know, and it's, it's, it's just, and it was, there was this really good press conference from a few years back from Yera, and he was talking about just how despite Chivas and, and the ratings and all that, how they, they just couldn't make money, you know, not even off the game, not even, so they, it, you know, they're pinching pennies there. Uh, and so I think that's, that would be the thing. As Franco said, the TV, that's where the money's at. So ultimately, if they could get a TV deal where, where the both leagues merge at least to make a tournament, but if they manage like a, a proper TV deal, and then I think that would that would help, and, and it would help a lot of these smaller teams as well because now it's it's money going around, similar to like an EPL where, you know, the each, each teams gets a nice cut. Very quickly, we have a another listener that wants to join in on the conversation. Let's see what Albert has to say. Albert, welcome to the cantina. Oh, maybe he's shy. Yeah. Hello? What's up, what's up the elbow? <laughs> oh, he left. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did he request? Did he request speaker or something? Uh, Albert requested speaker, and then when I gave him permission, he left. So, oh, he might have hit the button on accident. <laughs> he might have hit the hang up button. We got super elbow in the building. Welcome, and we also have uh, Frederick Duncan. But uh, yeah, I guess we can end the podcast with predictions. So I just want to hear uh, Cruz Azul uh, America match on Saturday. Uh, who's gonna win? Let's start with you, Joel. Oh, I'm gonna go with a tie. I'm gonna go with a draw. Hello. You going with uh, the safe yeah, bets, tie. huh? Yeah, two-two. Uh, I'm looking excited. A four-goal draw. So you're telling me you got history on the line, history in the making with Cruz Azul, and they're gonna tie? Okay. <laughs> No, but it's it's kind of false into what you were saying, you know, and and I would I would see if uh, Reynoso would take that into account, just knowing America's been their boogeyman and how you know if they were to lose to them, if it could impact them psychologically, you know, and if they were to meet again in Liguilla, how if it would affect them, you know, so uh, probably you know I, I that's why that makes me think they'll be a bit more cautious about it. Okay. All right. Sit on the fence. Fair enough. Cheekies. I'm setting up this scenario. Cruz Azul is going to beat them, right? And then they're going to go up on, you know, on full blast in Liga, and then they're going to they're going to bow out in humiliation. <laughs> so I'm going to say they're going <laughs> to take this one. 
I like that prediction. Little hat trick. What do you think? I was gonna go with the two-two draw, but nah. I, you know what, man? I I trust in Solari. Two-one, uh, America. Ooh. But Cabecita's gonna score. That's that's just a given. I'll give it to him. Cabecita's mm. gonna score, but two-one America. Okay. All right. I actually see this. Uh, kind of actually. No, I think America is going to win this. I think they're going to Cruz Azul. I mean, they got their own word in the defin- in the in the dictionary now. So I, I think they're going to choke, man. And and I think that this is going to set off the rest of the the season. You know, they'll, they'll still they're already qualifying in the year, but I do think they're going to crash out. I don't think they're going to win the championship. I know everyone's hoping they will. I know they keep saying it's La Buena, but I just think that they just choke, man. That's like a guarantee. Yeah, but I, you can always just bet against them. <laughs> safe, safe bet. Like they had the opportunity to win the league last season against Leon in the same fashion that they had won in '97, and they they failed to do it. You know that was their moment. That that was like the stars aligning for them in the craziest year. You know, in 2020, that was that was going to be the craziest thing to top everything. Was like Cruz Azul finally won a title, and they didn't do it. So it's like, what's changed now? Nothing's changed. They did change coaches, but it's still Cruz Azul. They still have the majority of the same players, and it's just like, I don't know, man. I just don't. I I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy this team. I don't buy it. Do you guys remember when uh, Reynoso played? Like the coach, Jolie. Yeah, I remember. He was a captain. But like, what year? Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Nineties and the nineties he played. (laughs) It was like I wasn't born yet. No, basically, I was like (laughs) two years old. No, because I remember. Look, look, I remember growing up. Growing up, I I just remember when I was like a little squirt. You know, when I was like six, seven, eight. I just remember that America didn't lose to Cruz Azul for like for like. 10 years or something like that. Like it was a crazy long streak. And then they lost to Cruz Azul. And it was like, like a couple years of like wins and loses and what, what not. And then they went on like an, another like four or five year where they just weren't losing to them. So I was going to say if Reynoso was like around during that time, then yeah, he probably has it in his head and he's probably going to crack under pressure. But if he was before then, and if I remember correctly, he won the championship, right? He yeah. did. He yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. So then maybe, maybe he's he's the one. He's Man. the one. <laughs> he's <laughs> like Stephen Kerr when the you know Warriors would always choke, and then he finally just went in there and did it himself. Exactly. He he might be the one. That's a good prediction. It'll be interesting. It'll be a good good game. Hopefully, that should be the game of the week. To be honest, all right. I have another prediction for you guys, or, or question for you guys. Uh, Vucetich will make it to the end of the season. Joel, do you think he'll do it, or do you think he's going to get fired? No, I, I think he's staying. I think if they're going to fire him, they would have done it already. Mm. Uh, plus, I don't think it's – even though they sacked Tena, you know, what was it, three games in? Yep. And he only coached one. I'm still I'm, – mine's still boggled there, not, not sure what went on. But I don't think it's Pelias. Like, like if if even if they decided he's leaving, they would just let him finish the season. All right. I thought he did like career suicide against Cruz Azul, but it looks like they're sticking with him for a reason. But Chiquis, what do you think? You think Vistich will make it, or is he going to get fired soon? 
Um, I want I want to say he's going to make it, but it's sort of getting iffy. Like it's my mind my mind is changing after each week. I think like he's going to be gone if he keeps on like having these results and this negative reaction to his uh, decisions and stuff. But uh, I want to say he's going to make it though. Low hat trick. Um, it's it's very difficult. I I want to say, I mean, he has to have like some sort of like severed or severance package or something to where like <laughs> there's a reason why he's not getting fired. Like there's there's no way that they don't they must have to pay him like a million or two million or something, and they're just like you know what, like we're just gonna have to wait you out until the players push you out. Um, I think uh. Pel- Pelais, this is Pelais' guy, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so then he might, he might just out of pride, he might, he might last until the end, no matter what happens. Just out of pride, because it, this, this will, I mean, this is a fracaso, right? Especially if they don't, if they end up, I don't know the the numbers, but if they don't make it to the repechaje, um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a fracaso. But I think it's, it'll be even worse for them if they just end up firing him as opposed to waiting until the season's over and then maybe moving in a different direction. Yeah, it's definitely been a fracaso. Um, and I think you you are right. I think it's one of those things where it's like, where you're at a job and you're like, man, if I quit, I can't get unemployment. So I'm just going to see how much shit I can get away with so they can fire me. Exactly. <laughs> and then I get my unemployment. Oh, man. I don't think it goes through that you- too, no, too harsh on Busse. I think it's like that. I think like if he what? if what? he gets fired, uh, I think that like they have to cash out on his contract, whereas yeah. they're waiting for him to resign, and he's clearly not resigning. You know, yeah. So. But, but see, this this is like I, I see it very unfair uh, for him as a coach. You know, he came in under pretty adverse conditions, and he he made the semifinal. You, know, you have a team that wasn't able to get refuerzos. They didn't bring players he requested. You know, you had like all these problems going on, and it the fans just seem hell bent on just blaming, on just blaming the the coach. You know, and it's it's I don't think it's it's all on him a hundred percent. So, yeah, so me, uh, go go ahead, Chiquis. Yeah, real quick, let me back up, Luce, a little bit. I got the impression from years back that he he, he was a, a coach that had clout. And when he was on a national team, he demanded like, respect um, from like organizations that he was hired onto. So I want to say that he, you know, had some clauses in his contract to where he demanded this type of respect. Like maybe he has it in there to where he, he needs to, you know, finish the season or if not, he's going to, you know, charge like you guys are saying. So I think that might be another way where he he could just make it through the end of the season. And the way he's sort of like throwing some of the players under the bus a little bit, it sounds like, and I, and I always agree that it's not always the coach because even if they don't make it with uh, Busetich to the Liga, I think if they were to fire him now and put in another coach, they still probably wouldn't make it. So it's not just the coach. So I'm looking at his stats. He has coached 31 matches for Guadalajara. 11 of those have been victories, 12 draws, 8 defeats, a total of uh, 1.45 points per game. We look at Fernando Tena, the man that was fired um, 
he had 25 matches for Chivas, nine wins, eight draws, eight losses, 1.40 points per game. So they have very similar stats, uh, him and and Dena. So, I mean, it's not like Vucetic is is doing... I guess he's not doing too bad if you look at the long, you know, if you look at the the long thing, like last season and this season put together, he's having a bad season. But at the end of the day, man, like they they see the comments, they see the fans, they they know that like we're not happy. And at this point, I mean, they had that press conference with him and uh, Pelas, and they they both looked like schoolboys that had gotten scolded. <laughs> you know what I mean? They knew that they fucked up, and and they had said, "Hey, man, like my resignation letter is on Amaudi's t- like desk. Like he can he can put uh, move it into action at any time. Like I know that this is unacceptable." So I mean, they they kind of already have like an exit strategy. They know that this is this is a disaster. So it's just a matter of maybe waiting until the end of the season to to make things happen. But then it's also very awkward because you have players that Pelaz brought in and they haven't panned out. And the most awkward part about all this is we still owe Nekaxa money for all these players. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, Eva, Eva, gonna come in for that money, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But, yeah. Go. Yeah. Um, just really quick. Uh, shit. Oh, oh, like you can you can tell that this is this is. I'm I'm actually very impressed that Belais is letting him bench Macias. Like, 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 like you guys said that the fact that Belais bought these players and, for example, Chicote doesn't even play. Like that's very it's very interesting that Belais is letting him do that because and and I would say it's probably it, it's probably because this is his guy. He chose this coach. So he's like, "You know what? You can do whatever you want because in the in the back when he was like at America and even even in Cruz Azul, Belais was a little bit more hands-on." Mm. Yeah. It is it is very, very confident in his well, in his he might man. Still, he might still play a role in that, you know, in 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 in, in you know, in, in agreeing to like bench Macias and whatnot. That's what I'm saying. I do feel like there's some stuff going on. Uh, obviously, they're not gonna say it, but yeah, it does feel like there's gotta be something. Like, there's there's been turmoil there, like too too many too many rumors coming out, but. I do feel like the whole player stuff uh, just just seems like it's still very divided locker room. It's a, it's a lose-lose situation. Like, think about it. The team's playing terrible. You're benching your one of your best players. You're, you're not even going to be able to market him to Europe. You're like, you can't even offload him if you wanted to because he's not getting minutes. So his value has dropped. I mean, you think about all the rumors that Macias had last summer, you know, him going to... Uh, Lazio or uh, Marseille or uh, there was all these rumors Dortmund even and like you think about his market and his value now it's like you're benching him you, you know it's like what are you guys doing he does have the Olympics so there's there's that yeah he didn't even play much there Jimmy Lozano had uh, Alexis Vega starting for for most of it so maybe there is something going on behind the scenes Maybe he's pregnant. I don't know. Something's <laughs> got to be going on behind the scenes, man. I, I think I think so because I remember last season um, when Miguel Herrera was still the coach and pe- people were questioning Cordova. They were like, why isn't he performing? And then Cordova 
uh, I think there was like a friendly with like a, a like a Central American team or something. And Cordova scored a goal, and then he he like overall he played really well. And so it's like you can see it when he when he got away from the coach, he played well. And when he went back to play with America, he was just non-existent. I mean, you guys saw you know the the semifinals with or with Chivas, like yeah. or the quarterfinals, like Cordova was non-existent and. Uh, Cordova now, like that dude, he's playing well again, and I think a lot of the times is is how you know a coach puts you in a position. But at yeah. the same time, if they're not getting along, then it that's just what it is. Maybe maybe they're just a lot of or some of the players aren't getting along with with Vucetich, and I mean can't really blame them at this point because you see them play <coughs> on on with the national team with these other players, and they're playing well. And then they go to the to Chivas. They might get benched. You know what I mean? Or they might <laughs> they might put them on the left. I've, I've been seeing a lot of people like saying that like Antuna, you know, he did so well on the right with Mexico, and then he'll start on the left. And yeah. it's like, like what? That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it's like, hey man, we just got our ticket to Tokyo. We just won the Prolimpico tournament. Hey, congratulations! All right, get back in on the bench where you belong. <laughs> it's like what, dude? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's like I don't know what's going on. I'm sure it will eventually come up because uh Chivas had a deal with Amazon to record all or nothing. So uh all this stuff is being videotaped and we're eventually we're gonna see what actually happens. <laughs> Wait, are you saying this is produced? Uh who's behind this? All or nothing, uh, Chivas, Amazon. Amazon signed a deal with us, so they, they've been recording the entire season and last season. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. But I'm saying, um, is this is this like some love, love and hip-hop or something? You know, Mona Scott behind this? I don't know, man. <laughs> Putting them into positions? <laughs> I don't know if they're just they, doing it to make they up. Might, they might edit it, though, Jaime, and they're not going to oh. show us. But then Ooh, that's true. A, few, a few years later, they'll do like the Snyder Cut. <laughs> and with the, with the missing footage and then we'll, we'll I think what it. happened is you know they recorded in the middle of this pandemic so they they had to make up for it they're like hey man like we just we we got to have some entertainment you guys go go implode go <laughs> go do something <laughs> hey man when, when it comes out are you going to watch oh are you kidding me of course Joel, Joel are you going to watch yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I like okay. the behind See, the scenes. I like all that behind the scenes. Stuff. I've been, I've been watching. I think the... we seldomly get a glimpse of, of what happens. Y por eso están como están. See, you guys just eat everything <laughs> up, man. Oh man, you you got to just stop stop supporting until they no. make a change. I do that with Mexico. Like I refuse to buy their pink jerseys and stuff until they start playing better and start playing some real t- some teams. Your, your misogyny is showing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, it's cool to experiment with like a third jersey, you know, but not the home kit, bro. You got to respect. <laughs> you got to respect it. I think though with like, like we mentioned um, the all or nothing. Dude, like I love watching the behind the scenes. Like I'm a, like I like Manchester United, like one of my favorite European teams. I'll still watch like the Liverpool, like I'll Man City. Like I'll watch all these like shows because they're so entertaining. Like it's nice to see what happens behind, behind the scenes that, you know, we, we have no idea. Like training, I always felt like you, I would probably like pay to watch like a team train rather than see them play like on like a professional game. Cause in training, that's where you see all the magic happens. And, uh, yeah, you, you don't get to see it as a as a as a fan of the game, so it's nice to have that insight. 
but yeah, folks, we are pretty much wrapping up episode 280 of Cantina Mix podcast. I want to thank everybody that hopped in and had their piece. Uh, we're going to try to continue to do this. Uh, it's really fun to have everyone in on the conversation, but does anybody have any closing thoughts? Joel, we'll start with you. Yeah, my closing thought is that, you know, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yo, Jolly, we're, we're on one tonight, man. We are, we are, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think one of the reasons Chivas not doing good, a lot of those players, they're not that good, man. That, you know, and, and, and I saw one of the last games I was watching and some of the decisions they made, it's just, you could tell they're not at that level uh, to compete. And that's, that's, uh, and it's, it's a problem going back to like, since the league started going up in, in, you know, more extranjeros, you know, and I said earlier how they went from 80 foreigners to like one, like above 180. I think the number right now, it's around 160 something, but that, that means that's less Mexicans playing. And so then that means that there's just less, less to choose from. So that, that team was just going to suffer. And that, that was going back to 2016. So it's it's going to be very difficult for Chivas to, to get, uh, you know, very competitive sides. And so I think it's, the fans need to be aware of that. Where it's, and, and I know it's the concern was brought up by Tata Martino and he's saying how eventually it's going to affect the national team. And then the league agreed to start lowering the number of of foreigners. And, and so that has impacted Chivas. So... I think a lot of fans forget that, you know. So just because they spend sixty million, whatever, that doesn't mean that the squad is that good. That's just because I think the inflation the value has gone up. On yeah, it's been inflated. the Chivas so, tax that ch- clubs charge just because they yeah. don't have any other choice. But Chivas are good enough to have six players play for the national team. So I don't know. Yeah, but that's youth. That's still youth, mm. man. That's, we're going to use. You don't exactly have the selection. Mayor. I'm just saying. I will say though. Uh, I wish Ponce was as good a, of a defender as his his singing chops are. I don't know if you guys saw the music video he had, but he's he's a singer now. Yeah, that 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 was one of the things that uh I, I think it was Jolie said that man like you guys aren't winning, bro. Like like drop the song when the season ends. Like what like what are you doing? Like focus <laughs> up, bro. Like, Go train, dude. Instead of going to the recording studio, go go sh- kick the ball, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, same same as Pulido is recording a rap song, doing rap videos, and yeah. oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, like America's winning and everything, but like if let's say Cordova started singing, I'd be like, dude, get get off social media, man. Like, yeah. like what are you doing, Chiquis? Any closing thoughts? Uh. Just a final thought. Uh, Carlos Justis uh, tweeted out on the, um, I guess, the merger or combination of MLS and Liga MX games, saying that it's probably going to be something that we are not thinking of. And I can only think of if this Nicaxa, you know, purchase, uh, it's going to be like the whole, you can't have like a champions where only like the big teams are involved. It's got to be every single team, like even the little teams going to play MLS. Um like the Bravos and the Caxa and all these teams, but uh, yeah, I'll have to see. I have no idea what's gonna what's gonna happen with that. But yeah, that's my final thought. I mean, we see through the end it try to shove MLS down our throats every time we watch a Liga MX game. So maybe they're just uh, 
what's the word? They're like pro- programming us. You know, they're, they're buttering you up. <laughs> Maybe they know something that we don't. They're trying yes. to make them That's scary right there. I mean, it's 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 been going on for a long time. The cross, you know, they had a what was it? Superliga, Interliga. It's coming back. You know, they they've had these tournaments going way back. So I mean, it's there. What I don't I don't think they just stopped. They I, just I don't know if keep, you guys keep trying till they get it right. I don't know if you guys uh, know this, but there was supposed to be a MLS versus uh, uh, Liga Mekis All Stars match last season. Thank God, COVID that, that's happened. Right. That's right. <laughs> and the kid was... got canceled. But <laughs> yeah, that was supposed to happen last year, man. <laughs> Little hat trick. Any good closing thoughts? Um, just just that this was dope, man. I, I listen to you guys every week, and and I ain't gonna lie, Jaime, you pissed me off. And I'm just like, I'm just like, cause, cause you know, you guys talk so much about Chivas and I'm like, bro, like there needs to be like at least one Americanista that's like, like just is there to defend us. You know what I mean? So that's why like I hopped on and I was like, you know, like, let me, let me, let me try and uh, put on for, for my people. But uh, this, this was dope. I appreciate uh, being able to speak and, you know, using the platform and whatnot. And, you know, if you guys ever need an Americanista, I don't know, like you guys, I know you guys are wanting to do this uh moving forward but like you know if you guys ever do like a normal podcast or whatever you need an americanista like i'm i'm there just just let me know man this this was dope as hell yeah man yeah. um you know we're gonna have to recap the cruz azul america match next week so we're definitely gonna want your hot take on it especially if there's drama i, I think it's gonna be inevitable there's gonna be some shit happening in that match so we're, we'll definitely want to have you return for sure. All right, folks. Well, that is it for tonight. Hope everyone has a great night. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>